Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, August 27th, 2019, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. Our special guest this evening is Sarah Aminoff, and we'll be talking about the new 5G technology. And the health dangers of the new 5G technology are being proven every day, yet the powers that be seem to be ignoring the truth and the danger. Fortunately, starseeds like Sarah are doing something about it and have already had some major victories. And Sarah's dedication to opposing 5G is expressed through her volunteer actions with the California Alliance for Safer Technology, a consortium of environmental activists, tech workers, lawyers, public health advocates, and doctors whose mission is opposing 5G. Successes include Governor Brown's veto of SB 649, which would have given away California's local authority for cell towers. The California Brain Tumor Association, founded by Ellie Marks, led the opposition as they are dedicated to safeguarding public health, focused on prevention of primary brain tumors due to cell phone use, as well as exposure of all cell towers and opposed to the deployment of 4G and 5G. Sarah has some great suggestions about safeguarding your home as well as your body. And if you're a parent, especially a starseed parent, it's your responsibility to educate yourself on the truth concerning cell phone health dangers to protect the children, our future. And check out this website for Environmental Health Trust. It is um, H, I'm sorry, ehtrust.org. And at the top of the show, uh, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to starseeds not heard in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Kathy for hosting the switchboard tonight for those who may have a question or comment for Sarah. We have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds thanks to Tammy's helpful dedication. And you can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk. And if you'd like to show your support of our program, please just click follow on our page here at Blog Talk, and you'll get our weekly show notice if you enable those. Our main website is starseedhotline.com. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings in your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. And due to another recent flood of requests for readings, there is now a 16-week wait for the Stage 1s, and Lavendar is now booking February with her Stage 2s and asks that her repeat clients book at least six months ahead, especially for their solar returns. And new clients, please hold off a little until we can get caught up. Because every time someone with a YouTube following recommends us, our waiting list grows, and now it's overflowing. So your understanding is greatly appreciated. And if you have a birthday coming up, you don't want to miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out why when that happens by requesting your solar return timing, and there's not much of a wait a day or two with that. 
And if you want a stage two interpretation of that chart, that's when you'll need to order it about six months ahead of time so you can get it before your birthday happens. Um, and even though our waiting lists are overflowing, it is a wonderful thing because it shows an ever-increasing number of star seeds waking up and joining a much larger community of light that covers the globe. So first up tonight, we have Anastasia and her wonderful starseed news. <laughs> Good evening, Ariel. Good evening, everybody. Great to be with you. Just wonderful to be back. Well, we have a near-Earth asteroid coming by tomorrow. I just want to tell you about that real quick. It's pretty darn close. Distance of 2.7, that's close. It's asteroid 2019-OU1 coming by tomorrow at 2.7 lunar distance. Well, I don't know if any of you noticed, but the big question is, post by space, posted by spaceweather.com is, why are sunsets turning purple? Every year, on the average, about 60 volcanoes erupt somewhere on this Earth, shooting ashy plumes of sulfurous gas thousands of feet into the air. Now, rarely those plumes make it all the way up to the stratosphere. But this summer, however, two volcanoes have done it. The Raikoki volcano in the Kuril Islands on June 22nd and the Ulawan volcano in New Guinea on August 3rd both punched through to the stratosphere, setting material as high as 60,000 feet. Now, the action of these two volcanoes probably explain why many sky watchers are starting to notice purple sunsets. It is the way the sulfuric gas reflects light is creating the purple sunsets, that gas being up to 60,000 feet, way up there. Wow. Well... We are hearing reports that more than half a billion bees dropped dead in Brazil within three months. This is according to Bloomberg. Researchers are saying the main cause of death is pesticides, which could end up affecting more than the bees. However, as you're going to hear, there's other stories that may be related to that in just a moment. Anyway, as some of the most integral pollinators in nature... Bees contribute to the reproduction of various plants, endless numbers of plants. About 75% of the world's crops depend upon pollination by bees. The uh, uh, researchers and wildlife officials and natural experts are warning that we must protect bees to ensure food security. And with 500 million dead in Brazil, they're telling us that the future of food is now coming into question. Reports of bee deaths all over the world, but now this. That's an awesome amount of bee deaths. There was a 6.3 magnitude earthquake that struck east of Solomon Islands last week. Shallow 6.0 hit the western Indonesian, uh, excuse me, the western Indian Antarctic Ridge. And not a lot else going on in that area for a change. Now, back to Brazil. I'm sure you probably heard about this on mainstream news. I've just started reporting about it. Apocalyptic scenes in Brazil are occurring as smoke from major Amazon wildfires turns cities dark by lunchtime. Smoke from the Amazon fires can even be seen from space and reportedly have led to thousands of indigenous people fleeing the blazes. Well, the National Institute for Space Research has detected more than 72,000 fires between January and August, 
with more than 9,500 sparked since last week. Its satellite data showed an 83% increase on fire activity for the same period last year. Some news outlets have brushed off concerns about the latest fires, saying that the smoke was normal for the season of Guaymada, that's what they call it, when landowners clear their land with fire. Uh, NPR reported that there were actually 10,000 fires burning per day. Now, bet you didn't know this. Five times more wildfires are burning in southern Africa than in Brazil. Uh. Blazes burning in the Amazon have put attention on the environmental policies of Brazil. But actually, Brazil ranks third in wildfires over the last 48 hours or the last two weeks, actually. And this is according to satellite data analyzed by WeatherSource. Weather Source has recorded 6,902 fires in Angola over the past uh, two weeks, compared to 3,395 in the Democratic Republic of Congo and 2,127 in Brazil. That's not all, because recently Zambia placed fourth on this disaster list, while Brazil's neighbor in the Amazon, Bolivia, placed sixth. And while they're being referenced as wildfires, the many fires deliberately set by farmers hardly qualify for such an inaccurate designation. Intentional fires would be more like it. This is causing great concern among environmentalists, naturally, and something they're not telling us in the subject of global warming. This has been going on for years and has definitely increased the carbon in the upper atmosphere. So there's a lot more to the stories than we're hearing. You know, so much of our news and our uh, understanding of things has become so incredibly reductionist with so many important pieces of information left out of the total picture. So this not only touches upon the environment, but it, as far as the air quality and the, the atmosphere, but also the state of our forests and the, the problems with agriculture. Well, man, it's raining plastic. The U.S. Geological Survey finds plastic in the Rocky Mountains. And while a team of researchers from the USGS was analyzing rainwater samples for nitrogen pollution, they found something that they weren't expecting, which is the plastic I just referenced. In a new report that they aptly titled, It's Raining Plastic, the team explains that plastics were identified in over 90% of the rainwater samples they took at eight different sites most of which were between Denver and Boulder, Colorado. Now, while it wouldn't be surprising for microplastics to contaminate most sample sites, they say, considering the abundance of plastic in urban locations, some of these sites are remote. One of the testing sites is 10,400 feet above sea level, high in the Rocky Mountains. And it's coming down in rainwater. Florida Panthers are suffering. They have developed a mysterious disorder that's affecting their ability to walk. It's inexplicable. This is a crippling disorder that's appearing to be affecting some Florida panthers. It's puzzled wildlife officials who are working to determine what is ailing these endangered animals. The Florida Wildlife and Conservation Commission announced that some of the state's big cats, namely the kittens, have exhibited some degree of walking abnormality 
or difficulty coordinating their back legs. There are photographs on the Internet of this which are heart-wrenching. It appears that their back legs are paralyzed. Now, wildlife officials say they have confirmed neurological damage in one panther and one bobcat, but noted at least eight other panthers and one adult bobcat that were displaying varying degrees of this condition. They don't know what's causing it. And you've been hearing on this program and other places that there has been record high temperatures in Alaska. Well, you know, probably people in Anchorage have maybe been enjoying that a little bit. But what are the unintended consequences of weather changes in locations that are normally not a certain way? In this case, in Alaska's throes of an unprecedented heat wave this summer, the heat stress has been killing off salmon in large numbers. Scientists have now observed die-offs of several varieties of Alaskan salmon, including sockeye, chum, and pink salmon. Scientists counted 850 dead, unspawned salmon on a recent investigative expedition, and they estimate that the total is likely 10 times larger. They looked for signs of lesions, parasites, and infections, but came up empty. Nearly all the salmon that they found had beautiful eggs still inside of them and were otherwise healthy. Because the die-off coincided with the heat wave, scientists have concluded that heat stress was the cause of the mass deaths of these salmon. Well, I bet most people out there have watched Terminator movies from years ago. Well, now the question is, are we going to get a real-life Skynet Pentagon has undertaken the task of using artificial intelligence to develop new weapons and vehicles. Yes, Skynet AI. Despite numerous science fiction stories and famous scientists cautioning humanity against using artificial intelligence in weapons systems, it seems that the Pentagon is disregarding these warnings. The Defense Advanced Research Project Agency, DARPA, which operates under the U.S. Department of Defense, has devised a new four-year project aimed at developing artificial intelligence, AI, for military purposes. This AI, in turn, is expected to help the Pentagon in its development of new vehicles, weapons, and equipment embedded with various cyber systems. In papers related to the project, DARPA explains that currently the development of such cyber-physical systems excuse me, takes an enormous amount of time and resources. <clears throat> Their present system is what they're saying. Whereas, if they switch to AI, that would reduce the inefficiency of their system. It would take their advancements from years to months. They're in a hurry. They want to do this stuff fast. AI is the way to do it. And according to DARPA's concept, engineers will simply feed blueprints for each design into a computer, which will then determine the best alternative based on virtually mo virtual modeling. This DARPA project was announced around a year after thousands of AI researchers and scientists signed a collective pledge to refrain from developing AI for lethal autonomous weapon systems, such as autonomous armed robots. The petitioners also called on governments to agree on laws and regulations banning the development and construction of killer robots. 
Well, the idea of creating AI to serve the needs of the armed forces has been portrayed in the famous Terminator movies where military AI called Skynet went rogue and used nuclear weapons along with self-developed killer robots and cyborgs to wipe out humanity. But we'll ignore the movies. That was only science fiction, but now science fact is taking uh, the center stage to actually implement AI in the development of weapons by the Department of Defense. Well, let's turn to science for a minute. Science have learned to turn living cells into computers and recording devices. U.S. scientists have developed a new technology they say can turn living cells into computers and recording devices with programs encoded in their DNA. There's a company called Domino, DNA-based ordered memory and iteration network operator, which works much like the gene editing system called CRISPR, and it could execute, execute cascades of DNA writing events where one DNA mutation tr- event triggers another in response to biological signals. Wow. It writes DNA triggered by biological signals. Now, this was written up in the journal Molecular Cell. We learned that a team from Massachusetts Institute of Technology has developed technology that enables the use of engineered cells as devices that can process, monitor, and store information occurring within the cells and their environment. Potentially, they hope that it will lead to the development of sensors that can be seated within the body that collect and store information or in biosystems to measure and record things, they say, supposedly, for things like contamination in rivers and waterways and who knows what else. Russia is in the news Russian satellites are now enabled to become invisible. Russia's space agency claims to have found an unconventional way of equipping its satellites with stealth features, effectively making them hard to spot from Earth. What they're doing is wrapping them with, guess what, a unique air bubble wrap that scatters light. It's a method that's said to reduce the satellite's visibility by 10 times or more, when observed by telescopes from Earth. They're using this technology to hide their satellites. Now, Russia, the first country which which sent a satellite into orbit, supposedly, yes, they did, unveiled recently new technology involving unmanned aircraft. And just this month, Roscosmos presented a solution to the growing problem of space debris, which is a good thing. They developed a satellite that will destroy itself at the end of its lifetime. This new type of satellite would feature materials that sublimate, meaning they transition directly from solids to gases without becoming liquid. Wow. All right, you ever get a package from UPS? You do online shopping, you order things, UPS comes to your door with a fun thing or a necessary thing? Well, for the last few months, folks, UPS has been using autonomous trucks to haul loads on a 115-mile route between Phoenix and Tucson, Arizona. The company announced that its venture capital arm had made a minority investment in a San Diego-based autonomous software company. This non-human operated system uses nine cameras and two sensors 
UPS is trying out self-driving trucks. Now, claims are that this method can cut the average cost of shipping in a tractor-trailer by 30%. And according to this autonomous technology, uh, it has been implemented in Navistar vehicles. Any of you own cars that operate with Navistar? While the current system requires a backup human driver, right now they have to have a human driver and an engineer, this company is working with UPS to achieve full, level four, humanless autonomy, ASAP, as quickly as they can. Self-driving UPS vehicles, no people allowed behind the wheels. Well, this is pretty amazing. Uh, there are more genes in the body than there are stars in the universe. U.S. scientists wow. have begun the daunting task of trying to work out how many genes there are in the hu human microbiome. You know, they really want to find this out. They really want to crack this genetic stuff. Not to higher ends, I might add, but anyway, microbiologists from Harvard Medical School gathered all publicly available sequencing data on human oral and gut microbiome, microbiomes and discovered nearly 46 million bacterial genes. Now, let us not forget, folks, that we are largely bacteria. You never think about that. But really, the human body is just a shell casing for endless numbers of bacteria. We are a walking bacteria. Well, anyway... That led the team to suggest that there may be more genes in the collective human microbiome, microbiome than there are stars in the observable universe, and we're talking trillions. And at least half of these genes are unique to each individual, each person. Carries unique genetics unlike any other. You ever wonder if you're special? You better believe you're special. <laughs> Yeah. All right, finally tonight. Uh, boy. Amazon says its facial recognition programs can now identify fear along with all of the other emotions or many other emotions. Amazon has at last revealed that its facial recognition software called Recognition can detect a human being's fear. Recognition is a facial analysis program that analyzes sentiment. Why do they want to know that, you should be asking yourselves. Well, <laughs> anyway, the company claims it can accurately identify seven emotions, happiness, sadness, anger, being surprised, disgusted, calm, and confused. And now you may add fear to this list. Wow. All right. Quote for the week. Respect yourself enough to walk away from anything that no longer serves you, grows you, or makes you happy. Wow. If everybody that, would do that, yeah, it would be a different world. Respect yourself enough to walk away from anything that no longer serves you, grows you, or makes you happy. <laughs> That's about it for tonight. From my heart to each one of you, much love, everybody. Have a beautiful week, and thank you, Ariel. Nice to be back. Oh, thank you, Anastasia, and, and it's good to be back. And uh, I, I'm just kind of reeling. That, that was some some big news, big news this week. 
and it kind of dovetails um, with what Sarah's going to be talking about. So yes, I'm so uh, happy. Very timely. To have Sarah. So happy to have Sarah on tonight. She deserves a big round of applause. Play that for her if you can find that button. <laughs> Give her some applause tonight. I <laughs> and I love her, too. I will do okay, good night, everybody. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye for now. Good night. Thanks, Anastasia. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, I will get um, Sarah on the line here. And, um, Lav, I'm going to open your mic, too. So, um, as requested by Anastasia, welcoming Miss Sarah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you could be with us this evening, um, especially because of the, the timing. So, um, as I mentioned in the intro, uh, there, I mean, the, the 5G opposition is growing and you have really been instrumental and tireless in in your uh, in your work in opposing that um, but I do <laughs> I do know that it can be tiring to to keep it up but you have been and we really commend you for that thank you actually it's a team effort there's a group of quite a few people who around the world who are really active I mean there's a lot of stop 5G groups, many in England, UK, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. You'd be surprised. Um, well, I'd love, to, I'd love to quote from Winona LaDuke, who also opposes 5G. Go ahead. Okay, she's from the Native American tribes, and she wrote, "Our ancestors navigated by the stars." Today, most of us need a cell phone to know where we're going. That's sobering. We are out of touch. That's not to say I'm going to be able to navigate by stars anytime soon, but I still like the direction of turn at this barn or the lake on the left, and I like maps. But what I like might be changed forever by this new technology, this 5G cell service when it speeds up the world and adds a lot of towers, such as 800,000 new towers. Now, take birds, for example. There used to be millions of them, fields full of geese, ducks, migratory birds, lakes echoing the sound of these relatives. Now, take a good look. There are, they are no more. Bird populations are plummeting quickly in North America, a 40% decline. In May, I traveled to New York City. Once the pigeons would make you crazy, today there are none. Really, there are no birds. Maybe that's the result of the insect Armageddon, since we have 50% or more loss in bugs, and birds eat bugs. And maybe it's because young people do not care for pigeons like their elders who fed them. Or maybe it's the 5G, which now serves Manhattan. Wow, and and that's that's a, a very recent um, writing from her article. Uh, I think this is what I'm looking at it was dated just two months ago, June fifth, two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, in Anastasia's Anastasia's news um, over over time, not particularly tonight, but she has reported on the decline of bees and mm-hmm. birds 
and other animals that use the the magnetic waves over the earth to navigate and the bees can't find their way home because the wireless the cell phone the microwave the emf um is de- defeating their ability to find their way and and yeah, they're dying it does. so yeah it and is. you know when when the bees when the bees are gone um i i think it was einstein that said mm-hmm. when the bees are gone humanity has 5 years to live i think so yeah that that yeah. um quote has been quoted quite often i've heard that quite often and mm-hmm. um colleagues <laughs> say that um uh-huh. and there's a concern that the wireless the ubiquitous use of wireless and the antenna densification is one of the potential causes of colony collapse disorder in addition to habitat loss and pesticides. Uh, so this is, um, there's actually docu- documentation that bees become really aggressive with um, wireless or there was, um, I believe there was a monk who his beehives um, started dying and they found out there was a cell tower installed and he had to find um, a place on his property that didn't have a signal, and then his beehive was able to thrive again. Uh, and what most people don't realize, um, for example, in California, uh, that pollination is really critical for agriculture, especially for the almond industry, and that people are having to um, bring bees, traveling bees, <laughs> because there's not enough on cars going from, you know, place to place, and even so, there's bee die-off. What would happen if highways and freeways have 5G and become, you know, I mean, how are the bees going to survive that are being carted in cars, let alone agriculture? Yeah, it's, there's no, there's no uh, um, happy ending for the bees as long as, as long as the, the, wireless and, and EMF is around. So so um, we're trying to get out the information, you know, to a lot of, um, we're hoping that, um, you know, people who work for environmental groups are listening to this, you know, radio show. Um, there is a kind of a win with the National Resource Defense Council and the Native Americans. They want a lawsuit um, about environmental review and historic preservation. So that's like a small win, but a lot of people are unaware due to industry influence. So that's um, people are don't realize what's happening until a cell tower pops up in front of their home. And then they right. almost have to do a lot of research. <laughs> yeah, so um, interesting thing that you had sent to me is that it only takes 2% of the population to make any paradigm change? Yeah, exactly. That, and yeah. That's <laughs> so that I mean, me hope. <laughs> yeah, that's very hopeful. If 2% of the population mm-hmm. um wake up, that's enough to turn the tide. I think well, we know the tide's going to get turned. It's either sooner or later. Because, for example, in in Sacramento, um, we have an individual, and he had a cell, a small cell antenna, pop up in front of his, a few feet from his children's bedroom window. And I mean, a few feet. 
because these small cells are the same as the second story window. And pretty fast, his children got ill and couldn't sleep and had headaches and compromised immune systems, which are part of the signs because it's a 24-7 exposure. And not even the firefighters had that. They actually got ill, too, and they score in the 99th percentile of health, unlike the rest of us, but they got compromised to the point where there was an exemption. So they know about this. Now, never before has just a general, you know, in the general population had to deal with this. This has been the purview of maybe someone who worked in real estate or Wall Street who had those old-time cell phones and had exposure now it's um, being, now you have let's say in Rapon Elementary you have that was a case where they removed a cell tower because children were getting sick and still the school board wouldn't believe <laughs> until more teachers got sick and more kids got sick and they finally took it down and now they're pinning it on the water <laughs> because they're still not they're still having a problem kind of wrapping their mind around this. And it's a synergistic impact because wireless opens up the blood-brain barrier. So if you have a problem with glycosate in a community like that, it's going to, you know, it's going to open it up. And we also have pans and pandas with children who suffer brain inflammation, and wireless is one of the implicating factors. So more and more people are aware, and those people who have had this happen to them personally and, you know, we have had people in public office this happened to, like, you know, Senator Kennedy. That was exactly from his cell phone. You know, we had Joe Biden's son. Um, we ha- um, So we've had quite a few people. And then the more people get impacted, the more it, be- it becomes public consciousness. Right. <clears throat> Unfortunately, <laughs> it, it takes, you know, it has to go so bad before before it is in the public consciousness that you know that people are not everyone is going to get is going to get through this safely because they don't um they're not aware and mm-hmm. and by the time they are aware you know mm-hmm. radiation is an accumulated thing it's bioaccumulative use before it took 10 years latency for um, glioma now it's not like that at all it's way quicker, way faster, as in the case in Sacramento with the children. It was a few months just to feel the the impacts. So the, it's kind of a game changer now. And uh, we have, I think, Brussels that said no to 5G. We, we have Cyprus, who they actually have billboards on their buses. There's just a different consciousness in some other countries um, here, you know, um, although I think there's been some outcries in the cities that have, 5G has been, you know, pilot tested. Uh, so for people who don't know, um, so I just want to paraphrase that um, Senator Blumenthal, he actually testified on the health hazards and mentioned that we're flying blind in terms of health and safety. And I also want to quote from Blake Levitt, who talked, who said that 5G is unlike any telecommunications before. It's not just faster downloads. It's the Internet of Things, so your refrigerator can talk to your cell phone. So it's not just the real elephant in the room. It's the rhinoceros and the tiger in the room. And the, the elephant in the room is 5G safety. 
So that's just one thing you're not supposed to be talking about is, hey, is that been tested? No, it hasn't. It's not been proven safe. And most people don't realize that this is going to be along every single street, every few houses. They just are being told they want faster Internet. So one of the thing, one of, I had a colleague um, tell me about something called Common Network, which concerns me deeply, and it's a 5G Internet and basically the city, instead of giving their residents the fiber to the premises, which is, like, so cool and fast Internet, we have Steven Spielberg, for example, who has fiber optics all around Marin County, and that's just great, and we want that. Um, but this is a different part of California, and they're like, hey, we have fiber in the downtown, but we're going we're gonna to give you wireless antenna, and you're going to install them in your roofs of your houses, and na- your neighbors can, you know, have an, a 5G antenna. And that's receiving and transmitting, which is completely, I didn't even know that was legal because the old rule would be that you could only have an antenna that was receiving. And there's, um, and that brings me to what is the difference between 4G and 5G. There's a quantum difference. Um, I think 4G is, um, basically people-to-people communication. 5G is Internet of Things, so it means antenna identification. And there's also some real huge issues regarding um, a higher wavelength frequency, beam forming, which means you get caught in front of a beam. Um, it's not good. And it heats tissue. So I'm trying to wrap my head how this is even legal. It heats tissue. 4G, 1G through 4G at least, they create chronic oxidative stress in the body. But there is not technically a heating effect. There's a heating effect with 5G. Oh, man. And the, um, and the FCC guidelines that were originally written, how old are they? Oh, they're like in 1996. So they were written many years ago, and they're obsolete, and they're no uh, longer relevant. So but they this, still follow um, the guidelines. Oh, yeah, and they didn't update Even though they're either. obsolete, yeah. Yeah. So imagine if you were driving in a car that didn't, you know, wasn't updated for the last 20 years. I mean, imagine. Um, or if drugs weren't updated um, for safety in the last 20 years. So it's based on... Um, an old premise um, that you, you it's basically based on man, you have a mannequin and it basically simulates a military recruit because that stuff was used by the military. And the military recruit is 220 pounds, and they, they basically say look for a 30-minute exposure, and if that mannequin filled with water heats up after 30 minutes, doesn't heat up, then it's considered safe. And I recently found out that the whole idea of thermal standards was based on the scientist who came from Germany to the Navy in the 50s. He was in World War II, and he observed naval servicemen basically cooking their hot dogs using radar. And he's like, oh, okay, that's like the microwave. That's the thermal you know, standard. And what people don't realize is that you know, they use microwaves. That's 2.4 gigahertz. They use their phone. That's And they're wireless. That's 2.4 gigahertz, too. It's the same microwave frequency. The only difference is power and focus. 
So um, uh, one is um, a lot, the microwave is just a lot more power. That's why it heats and cooks, you know, your food. But it's the same. And since then, since 1996, the science has come out with clear evidence of cancer. It's, it's not, there's no debate. It's come out with uh, two, several reports, um, most notably 2018 U.S. National Toxicology Report showing clear evidence of cancer and DNA damage. And then with corroborating um, the same conclusions, corroborating evidence with the Ramazzini study, which was partially funded by the U.S. And that Ramazzini was cell tower exposure. The, um, the NTP was cell phone exposure. So the Ramazzini was at real low levels, the same, showed the same heart cancer, brain cancer. So because of that, um, <laughs> we should have updated our standards. But then the FDA said, hey, this only applies to rats. <laughs> so can you imagine we spent $30 million on a study? <laughs> what, it's going to only apply to rats, not humans? I don't think so. Well, yeah, we, I mean, how many rats have cell phones? <laughs> right, exactly. This is for the benefits of rats, and so we need to warn rat, rats everywhere, you know, that their children, their rat children should not be using their cell phone, and that was the purpose that we put in for spending $30 million on a study that took 10 years. <laughs> useless. useless. No, I mean, we, 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 it's just for the benefits of rats, <laughs> you know, like, We've had so many stories, media outlets that have, you know, assured the public nothing to worry about. Just um, the the Sprague Raleigh rats that are um, a marker species for humans. They have nothing to do with humans. That's correct. Right. Right. So it, you just uh, it, it it just seems like uh, lip service. You know, so I go. We did the test. It took ten years, and our conclusion is this. So go ahead and use your phones. <laughs> I went um, before the show. I did a, a little research because I was just curious um, at how much money the wireless industry makes globally. Mm-hmm. And the, in I think in 2018, it was 3.3 trillion. Yes, trillion with a T. Trillion dollars. Three point three trillion, and the money to be made. So I want. I hope your audience can hear this loud and clear. It's not, and they're not going to be making their money off of the wireless service or the device. They're making their money off of the data extraction. So if they use, if they put a cell tower, a small cell antenna every few houses, they can extrapolate your private data, and they can sell that to um, and make a ton of money, and. People also don't realize that the New York Times, um, their four biggest advertisers are telecom, and they have a joint venture with 5G. So we, there has been pushback from the New York Times where some of the reporting, which should have been a trusted source, is not a trusted source when it comes to 5G. Um, and, yeah. But the money is to be made from data extraction. So if people are concerned about their privacy... I would recommend um, not using your cell phone as much. Right. Only when only when necessary. Yeah. I, I well, wanted what, to. Oh, sorry. I was going to say. Well, what can what can we do to protect ourselves while they're um, making their money and killing people? What can we okay. do to protect ourselves? Yes. Well, first of all, 
do you, if people have an iPhone 7 and 8, please be aware that your cell phone um, is emitting twice or three times more radiation than legally permitted. So the Chicago Tribune did their own investigative study at an accredited lab. And the iPhone 7 is the most popular phone. So first of all, anyone who is giving their kids an iPhone <laughs> 7 or 8, I, I would rethink this uh, significantly. So um, in some cases, there's five times higher than the current limits allow. So how would you feel if you knew the vegetables were sprayed with 500 times more pesticides than you were told? So that is um, so. Another thing that people can do is with their their phones. Um, there's a couple of things. Um, if you have to use your phone, you can turn off the antenna because the um, wireless it, it is going to emit. You have your you've got your Bluetooth, you got your privacy. You you have a whole bunch of antenna. It's going to emit. So turn it off. You don't need that when you're making a phone call. Also, if you have an iPhone 5 or newer, you can Ethernet cord that. I recommend parents to (laughs) – you can try turning off your wireless for a night and seeing if um, you get better sleep and if your kids behave better. Um, We recommend Ethernet cording the house and removing wireless um, because this stuff has never been tested on growing children. And it's, again, tested on a military recruit, and the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends limiting exposure, especially for pregnant women. So um, the American Academy of Pediatrics actually recommends not using phones for children, period. And they've actually asked the FCC to update their standards to reflect current use patterns, and the FCC has failed to do that. I believe that was in 2013, a couple of years back. So... Um, the 1996 standard relies on a computer simulation. It doesn't represent babies and toddlers who now use cell phones to play with. Uh, I also, yeah, it's 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 um. There's also it's sickening. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's the thought of it is sickening. Um, I put a picture up on our on our slideshow um, right. for the show, the one that you sent me with the picture of a brain of a 5-year-old, a 10-year-old, and an adult. Um, and I have similar, um, seen similar um, evidence of the vulnerability of children under 16. I mean, it should be illegal. Oh, okay. because definitely. They're, they're 400 times more at risk right. um, for, for brain tumors because their skulls are not fully developed like an adult. So, um, and I'm, I mean, I've kind of, I've said this before, only half joking, is that if I had a choice between giving a child, like, you know, under 10 years old, a cell phone, a cigarette, or a beer, I'd give them the cigarette and a beer, <laughs> you know, because it's actually less harmful. Well, yeah, no, I've actually thought that, too. It's hard for me to go into a store and I see parents and they've, you know, given their kids um a cell phone. Sometimes I have cards from the Environmental Health Trust, and I, you know, I have a whole bunch of those, and I give them to the parent, and I, and I say, or I say, hey, do you have an iPhone seven or eight? And I just asked that recently. They're like, nope, I've got an iPhone six. Then I give them a card, and sometimes if they they're giving a tiny little child um, a phone, and that's really hard for me to see. I've seen that in Starbucks where it's a babysitter 
you know, parents are like, you know, like give the little kids a phone and the kids are playing a game. And what they don't realize is it's not just the radiation, but it's the blue light screen. And Dr. Victoria Dunkley talks about the brain becoming, the child's brain becoming disorganized so that sometimes um, kids are diagnosed with ADHD and bipolar and it's not correct because they're given the meds and they don't work. And it's actually the screen is actually dysregulating the brain. I think it's two minutes the brain is already dysregulated for the next four hours of the child. Wow. Um, So I wanted to just, um, some safety tips um, for people and for parents is keeping your cell phone out of your pocket. (laughs) That's an obvious. So, um, so many people just keep it in some kind of pocket. So those are no-go phone zones. Um, So, or if you have to have it in a pocket, put it on airplane mode. So people think, oh, I'm going to have a sticker on them. Or I, I would just, just put it on airplane mode. Um, use corded headsets. Um, I would not recommend Bluetooth headsets. I'm seeing all these kids with these, air, you know, these. Bluetooth earbuds, uh, Bluetooth is not going to go straight through the brain. And they well, add yeah, Wi-Fi. I mean, Bluetooth yeah. amplifies the radiation before it goes mm-hmm. into your brain. So that actually makes it worse. And the corded headphones um, act like an antenna, so the EM can go right up the wire. The only headphone that air- gets headset that's safe is the air tube, the right. hollow tube I've headset. Yeah, it's I have an the air only tube. one. Yeah, yeah I've I have that. I use um, I use um, an air tube. I also have to, um, learned that it's recommended to get separate GPS that uses a satellite, so you don't have to. Sometimes I get lost, and I'm like, oh no, I got to turn my phone on, and that's the worst in the car. So the California Department of Public Health, yes, they have a cell phone guidance document. People are like, what? Yes, they do, and they tell you, don't give them to children. They tell parents. Don't, we don't recommend giving a, t- a child a cell phone, and we don't recommend you using your phone in the car, and everybody does. Uh, so, um, so what I recommend is a GPS, a separate one, which uses a satellite. And that way, you know, um, I think there's a lot less exposure. Uh, I also wanted to share pregnancy um, people, there's um, if people are having a hard time being pregnant. There's a reason. Uh, so, pregnant women's bodies can, um, well, actually, if you're trying to get pregnant, if um, a study found that men who carried phones in their pockets had 25% lower sperm count than those who didn't carry one, and I heard that a sperm bank in Israel found that viable sperm is now one in 100, and it used to be one in 10. So I think there's um there's a rate of um where the sperm is you know you can't like donate your sperm you know so college age students used to make money and donate their sperm and they're finding that their sperm didn't pass <laughs> um, and the wow. Cleveland Clinic has advertised men who wish to father healthy children to remove the phones from their pockets because there's growing evidence of current exposure risk to damage sperm. Um, and if you're pregnant, to avoid secondhand radiation, which means being at least 15 to 20 feet away from anyone talking on a cell phone or texting, that's 15 to 20 feet. I think that would be kind of hard to avoid because people, 
you know, a really close up, and it's just really tough. I mean, you go to a store and people are, are on their device. Oh, I, I know. I was I was in the store the other day and um, passed a woman in the aisle, and she reached into her bra and pulled the cell phone out, and I was like, "Oh my God, do you know? Obviously, you don't." And and I was I was torn between, you know, interfering and not interfering. It's a really tough one. Um, some of the, the bras have cell phone pockets. <laughs> oh my you god! Buy them with a cell phone pocket. Yeah, I've heard that. And it's a really hard one. Tiffany France um, had her phone in her bra, and she was only 21, and she came down with cancer, and it spread to all her different organs. So she's um, a per- she, her mom has been speaking out and saying, no, you do not want to do this. And there are women who have had no breast cancer gene. It's not in their family, and they're, they have multiple multifocal breast, breast tumors in the exact configuration of the antenna of the cell phone. Or they work in a cell phone factory, and they have, they're pressing against the cell phones, and they have mirror images on both breasts of the antenna. So the odds of anything like that happening are just beyond not coincidental, and even surgeons who don't believe in the connection have to reassess. And on that note, I just want to do a heads up. There's an EMF conference for doctors and medical practitioners in Santa Cruz, September 6th through 8th. And so <laughs> so because doctors have not been educated on this. So someone goes, you know, they'll go to their doctor. The doctor won't say, don't put it in your bra. You know, you need that should be something that doctors are saying when they go see, you know, for a, a female exam even. You know, like... No, the first thing is, are you keeping your cell phone in your pocket? You should not keep it on your body. That's not happening because when you go to medical school, none of this, this, this technology has been accelerating at the speed of light, at warp speed even. So, of course, doctors have not been trained. Right. Well, I mean, the, uh, the typical Western medicine, they're not even trained with nutrition. So you know, right. cell phones. I mean, that they're just way, they're way behind um, on on that kind of education. So, um, what is a building biologist? So, a building biologist is somebody who assesses. It's a it's a it's from Germany, and a building biologist assesses a building um, for safety, whether it's mold or whether there's. Um, EMF issues, there's a number of things. There could be radon in your house, and I recommend a building biologist in your area. I had my parents um, hired a building biologist, and he basically said, hey, your your computer isn't good. They had a Bluetooth um, keyboard. <laughs> it was beautiful, but it was emitting. They had a standalone mouse, Bluetooth, but emitting, and then the you know found out that Theos TV, and that's on the East Coast, I believe, with Verizon, they like to give their customers an extra gift of a hotspot with the Theos TV. So they found that, and building biologists was able to wire um, the their iPad, which was amazing. So a building biologist can come and wire your devices, so you can have your your happy devices and your internet connectivity. And you're not going to suffer, you know, 
they, the building biologists also found um, quite a bit of mold. <laughs> so that was an added bonus. Um, so I, I, and the building biologists measured their cars as they have a new um, Subaru with, um, you know, the wireless key and all the computer gadgets. And it emits even, I mean, not much, but it emits. And he said that the Subaru isn't that bad, or he has a, an older model Subaru, but the Prius is, you know, emits. And the Tesla is protected for magnet, magnetic fields, but it is really bad for EMF. It's an EMF emitter. Um, so people will buy their cars. They will disable their, have the dealer disable their Bluetooth, and some people will buy just a couple of years because you don't want to have a car with a wireless key. My mom is carrying her wireless car key around her neck, and I'm like, what are you doing? That's a radio transmitter. You know, it's it's talking to your car. <laughs> don't carry it around your body. Golly. And she's like, she's like, you're right. And then we found their biggest emitter was their um, their cordless phone in their kitchen, and you know, and I actually ended up just getting a meter off of. I I didn't have a meter, and I just like I couldn't take it, so I went on Amazon and I had it like two day delivery, and I got the Cornet EMF meter, and I was like, oh wow, this this cordless phone is such an egregious emitter. It was like huge and my mom's sitting there with her hands in her face and she's like I've been sitting next to it for years and just this stunned moment um, so I recommend a building biologist though um, because some of the solutions you can't really implement yourself like like shielding some people put white paint um, but you really have to have a professional for your for your home, and again, I recommend before you even get to that place, like oh, I got to shield my house. Make sure that you're contacting your city with an urgent ordinance. You're letting them know that you know a cell tower has to go through environmental review now. Um, making sure that that 5G network isn't being promoted to your town. Um, finding out if you can opt out from smart meters because the people have gotten sick in from those. So there are things you can do that are preventative. So the sad thing now is that you have to be an active citizen. You have to be actively engaged in your community or the community just goes business as usual and you can't afford business as usual. Right. Right. So um, what other Things I know that there were some uh, some supplements that you had mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. Things for, you can for do to to detox, kind of. So I'm I'm actually um, Anne Louise Gittleman suggests taking magnesium to counteract the intercellular intercellular calcium that gets released into your body with EMF exposure. So basically, it's um, you have these voltage gated sensors that get at, release calcium from EMF, that's Dr. Martin Paul's work. So if you take magnesium, I think she said like for a guy like 800 um, milligrams, I'm not sure of the amount. Um, I mean, I take, I guess um, she suggests um, a slow-release capsule. I don't. I have powder that's fizzy that makes my drink taste good. So I tried that. And she also 
recommends this radiation protocol used by her mentor who gave it to the boys in Los Alamos who had that, you know, radiation test and they had to detox. And so this is a great protocol, um, which is half baking soda, half sea salt. And and so that I recommend that. Um, and I think you have to soak in it for four hours. Like I I tried it myself, and it's like you don't rinse off for four hours. And and she also suggests putting you, you, rosemary. Oh, sorry. You don't have to get in the tub for four hours. No, no, I was in it for ten. Yeah, I don't know anybody that could handle this. <laughs> no one, no. But um, I left the I left the residue on for four hours, and I haven't yet tried the rosemary essential oil in my shampoo. But she recommends that because it helps, you know, with the blood brain barrier because EMFs can open up the blood brain barrier. So the um, rosemary seems to be. Uh, she suggests actually growing it and, and using that in your food, and hemp seed oil. So I bought some hemp seed oil. And guess what? That's my salad dressing. <laughs> so that's wow. in our house. I mean, I'm like, here, here's some hemp se- some salad dressing. Yeah. Wow. So let's talk about um, some of the the symptoms of EMF sensitivity, because there are probably a lot more people that are sensitive, and they're attributing it to something else. Right. Right. So, so um, um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, so, well, it says it, what, what I'm looking at here is that some people can hear and feel mm-hmm. um, the electromagnetic waves, but if you can't hear them and you can't feel them, it still doesn't mean that you're impervious. Right. So everybody has a different carrying capacity um, that they get impacted by. So some people might not feel anything, but some people might get headaches and they might um, think, well, I'm just getting a headache or they might have heart palpitations and like I'm just getting old so they um, you know might not they might have an ability to think so that is something also that happens to um, people so they're they're not connecting the dots and also I believe Alzheimer's and um, blood sugar issues have been linked so Dr. Sharon Goldberg has spoken about blood sugar spikes and saying about how 5G will be a huge um, public health crisis because it elevates blood sugar, and I can attest to that because that is something I um, experienced in a car um, where my friend was, like, syncing her phone to the Bluetooth in this rental, and she's like, look at what I my car can do. It has a computer. And I'm like, I actually was really shocked at my response. So um, it took me – I mean, that's I've only had twice where I've had that uh, terrible blood sugar, so it tells me my blood sugar is at risk um, and also when I forgot myself and I was underneath a wireless router and I wasn't connecting it, you know, the dots on that. So I wasn't necessarily feeling it immediately, but I had a blood sugar dip. But everyone's body is different. Um, so some people, I think the biggest symptoms are insomnia, lack of sleep, headaches, um, and then there's long-term things. And so everything's bioaccumulative. So basically, if you're releasing calcium into the body and you're getting chronic oxidative stress, you're going to break down at your own vulnerability. It's very hard to pinpoint the end, um, the end stages of disease states. Um, so these so, are um, yeah, <clears throat> some of the. I would, I would think that um, just from 
talking to people in the starseed community that starseeds are probably a higher percentage affected um, with EMF sensitivity um, because of the, the nature of our energy fields. So, yeah, I mean, headaches and dizziness, um, you, could, you could just be responding to that, and it's not necessarily um, that there's, you know, something wrong or you ate something, you know, it, because like you said, you, sometimes you can't connect the dots because it's across the board. Um, exactly. Common symptoms, I mean, low energy and fatigue. Um, well, it's like, yeah, <laughs> seems like everybody's got that. Well, everybody's got a exactly. cell phone too. Gut inflammation, gut inflammation, free radical damage, um, opening up the blood-brain barrier. So things are there are things that are really obvious. And yes, um, and that makes it harder to concentrate. It makes it. I mean, it it affects brain function certainly. Brain fog, um, significant brain fog, and anyone who's sensitive, anybody who just is that much more sensitive, you know, it's like. So I think somebody wrote, "Wow, it's not like I have a superpower." But, um, you know, some people can actually, you know, f- feel the minute somebody turns on a cell phone, you know, in a, in a group. And other people are like, oh, but I got my shungite. And I have, you know, I have a friend who's like, no, my, you know, this is, I, her, her situation is so extreme that she can't fix it with anything. She's like, she got, um, she had chemical sensitivity. But other people shungite works great for, you know, like they're like, yeah, that, that's really helpful. Her, No. Because she's just so extreme, um, and she had a chemical, multiple chemical sensitivity, <clears throat> so she was having symptoms, and she was attributing them to MCS, not knowing it was EMF issues. And just a warning to people, you know, I think, I think her her dad's neighbor was getting like either 10k or 15k a month from having a cell tower um, in the property next door and that was 350 feet away and she stayed there for months and she didn't feel good but it didn't hit her then her carrying capacity hadn't broke and then you know she just um i think she ended up uh, flying an airplane and that you know you get um, cosmic radiation so that didn't you know on top of everything so um you know that's that's so she her her system broke and she found that she can't um, she has to. She had to um, get a van and live in it. She can no longer live in a house. Um, so there are people. This happened before. Some people who, let's say, they were you know early tech adopters, but they had tons of money. Well, you know, if you you're, not everyone has a lot of ton of money to just purchase you know a home and pay 100k for, you know, the retrofitting. Um, so there's um this is a, a huge issue and and so she she found that she had she has to live in a a van um, so oh. yeah yeah and you know just it makes me wonder um are are the people that are pushing this are they really people um well, don't they have families you know don't they have families don't they I have parents and people they love? Okay, um, I think I think it's greed. I seriously, I don't know. We we've I've had this conversation because some people can. There's been a lot of people on the Facebook post, and they've come. And they're like, "What's the motivation behind this?" There is trillions of dollars to be made on data extraction, 
And yet people don't think this is real until it happens to them or someone close to them, and then that's the day the universe changes. Um, and, or, you know, their, their, their child comes down ill or their child is about to die, um, or they find that their dream house is no longer viable. Their, the world is turned upside down. Um, so I don't know the people who are leaders. Um, you know, honestly, um, well, I think big telecom does know, cause just like tobacco knew, just like, you know, tobacco knew in the 20s, the science came out, and it took 50 years, and that I believe pro- their product is doubt. So they don't have to win the argument. They just have to keep the argument going. And so um, people are thinking that, you know, big industry has their back. Big industry just wants to make profit, and the people on the top, yet maybe some of them are sociopaths because that could be true. I think a lot of people just, you know, want to make a lot of money. I, 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 but it's gotten out of hand, but most of it, I think, is people, the critical mass of people, because we buy the products and we vote with our dollar. So it's us. We're making the choice to enable this. If we stopped buying the products, it would stop. If we actually were marching in the streets, it would stop. Um, and I can tell you, and then there are organizations, and they're all, there's, you know, they're all about other issues that they think are more important, and they're not taking this seriously because it's not yet serious. I think people only respond to a crisis. They don't think it's real. There's a cognitive dissonance moment. I'm not sure if I right. articulated this well enough because I'm trying to wrap this because I reach out and you know and I'll call groups and I'll say hey this is what's happening and they're like you don't say <laughs> <laughs> and or I've I've spoken at a school I actually went to a school the other day and I said you know this other school district had a resolution to protect children you know and keep safe technology. And there's concern that there might not be it might not be safe for students, you know, and 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 staff. And the person said to me, "That's your theory." <laughs> I go, "It's not my theory. It's the science." And she's like, "Uh huh." I go, "But I understand, you know. I understand a lot of people, you know, think science is theory. <laughs> well, it's very hard. Yeah. Um, if you're going to buy the lies." You're going to get the, the the consequences, and there's nothing so, anybody can do to save you from that ignorance. So one of the things one of the things that um, that we're hoping people are listening to is that please um, oppose the new Pamper Smart Diaper. So so that is there's a petition out there, and the Smart Diaper is Pampers and Huggies and Procter and Gamble, and they're partnering with Lumi and Google, and they're going to put sensors on babies' private parts. And this is just not safe. And this is, you know, and so their idea is that um, parents aren't smart enough to know when their, you know, their baby is, you know, has to, has, you know, wetted their diaper. And so, and there's not, there should be a blue line. The blue line should be enough, and the parents should be able to smell it or hear the high decibel cries of the baby. <laughs> and, you know, they're, they're actually marketing that, marketing the smart, Diaper pampers, which basically um, transmits an um, electronic sim- um, signal via a sensor that syncs with the parent's app on their phone, comes with a baby monitor. Baby monitors are not safe. You have to wire them, not have a wireless. They're unsafe. 
And this is worse because it's right on the baby's reproductive system. And <laughs> this is uh, 24 um, hours a day. Yeah, it would be 24 20, hours yeah. a day. And people have, we, there's been um, people, um, if you look on the petition, people from around the world have, you know, signed it. But, but still, that's not a critical mass. And the reason that Pampers and Huggies are are launching this is because there's not enough pa- new parents to buy the diapers because of the fertility drop, because there's a problem with fertility. So they're actually um, making their situation worse, not knowing, because this will drop the fertility even more. Um, and it basically also is not good because it bas- you you need to be bonding with your child. So it creates a detached, um, you know, a p- parent. It's it's a detached parenting oh, yeah. style. And yeah. I say poo-poo to those diapers. <laughs> well, they're they're just they're they've got they've yeah. got all these wild tech toys, but that that's one of the most more egregious ones. Um, well, yeah, I mean the children, I mean they're the hope of the future, and and especially starseed children. Um, and and I say to the parents, it's up to you to protect these precious little beings, because in the end they're going to make this a better world. And I can't help but think that somewhere, on some level, some energy knows that if you don't disable all of these kids, they're going to disable you when they get older. No, but the kids are are amazing. They're they're just so wise and profound. And I, you know, but I know that parents have an instinct to protect their kids. And so I just want to say there's something called the Baby Safe Project. Where parents who are pregnant are having, you know, they can know, learn how to be safe. You know, when it comes to their children, they want to protect them. So, I'm really, um, I don't know, um, we, we're, you know, reaching out to, um, you know, parents. Um, you know, if you're a parent in school, um, and you need to know that the schools have the highest EMS exposure, and you have a choice. Your, your, you know, the staff will tell you, oh, the wireless is everywhere. No, it's not everywhere. You know, you can ask your principal, can they put, a, like, a shutoff router, you know, in the school classroom? Um, because the wireless is not being used 24-7. Can you ask the teacher to Ethernet cord? Because there's old Ethernet um, plugs usually in, in quite a few schools. And it's, like, what, $10 to get an adapter for a new laptop? Um, ask that your child um, have, you know, be able to Ethernet cord the laptop Make sure your child does not sit underneath a wireless router because that actually creates dysregulated behavior, migraines, heart palpitations. We had we had um a, a woman who testified um a, a, um a medical doctor. She testified in Sacramento because her child got heart palpitations going to the library. Couldn't be couldn't be tutored and then when the schools they have this 21st century classroom and they have these Chromebooks and it's just more expedient for them to have these wireless Chromebooks and her child got like heart palpitations and could not be there. So you do if you're a parent you do have the power to address this and there are a lot of um, testimonies. There's um, I believe. Uh, San Francisco schools um, have educated their staff on uses of safe technology. You have Ashland, Massachusetts, that have educated their um, teachers on safer technology. 
So there are schools. There are schools, um, Waldorf, that have gone, you know, that have low tech, and the tech, par- the tech parents send their kids to Waldorf because the tech parents know, um, just like I believe um, Bill Gates didn't give, was it Bill Gates or Steve Jobs, they didn't give their kids devices until they were in their teens. So what do the tech parents know that we don't know? So they send their kids to low-tech schools. You have choices. Um, and just because oh, and just because your kids don't tell you that they're hurting doesn't mean they're not hurting because kids will say, yeah, I hold my phone and my device and my hand burns. It hurts. I get a headache. But I'm not going to tell my parent that because they'll take my device away. You don't have to take the device away. You can you can basically make safer choices in your home. And so parents right. can Ethernet cord the device. Right. So I want to reiterate that the website you mentioned a few minutes ago, babysafeproject.org. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the baby that, 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 that sounds like a really good resource That's for parents. For, for people who want to, that it covers prenatal care, and it's basically inspired by the work of a Yale physician who found that, um, I think, believe that there was ADHD with wireless exposure prenatally, and that then behavioral problems. So it really, you know, if, as a parent, you're going to want to, you know, it's best to look into all protocols. That's a great. That is a great website. They don't cover um, issues with um, after prenatal care. Um, Environmental Health Trust is has is one of the best websites ever, and you mentioned that earlier. Um, Physicians for Technology. Environmental Health Trust. Yes. Environmental. No, so it's ehtrust.org. Um, what did I say? Yeah. .org. Yeah. Yes, they're phenomenal, and so they will come and. If you want to do a presentation in your school, I believe you can do. They'll offer to do a webinar with your school online to educate your, your board of, you know, to educate, the, you know, your your board of education, your principal. Usually, um, uh, um, if you go online um, and you look under Environmental Health Trust and United Educators of San Francisco, there is a webinar already that talks about um, how to keep your child safe in school and what you can do as a parent and what you can do as a teacher. So it is out there, and you do have power, um, but you have to basically, you know, be active. Um, right. You have I, to take it upon yourself to to, to right. find the facts because you're not going to hear it on, on the 7 o'clock news. Wait, wait. But um, right. what is that? You said now there is a um, there is a, a summit coming up this week. Oh yeah, I think it's a 5G summit. It's happening right now, and oh, let me see if I can go on my computer. Um, it's the 5G summit, and it has some great presenters. But I'm on my my phone, so I might not be able to bring it up. 5G summit, and I believe it has. Um, wow. So I'm. <laughs> It's so funny. I, I'm, um, I'm looking. I'm looking through my email because I know that you sent not, that to me. It's not. It's actually bringing. It's bringing up everything, but um, because of the lack of net neutrality, so I would have to go to my email. That's amazing. Um, hold on. Let me look. 
Yeah, so there's okay. a summit. There's an online summit right right now that um, you can you would have to basically stream or purchase. And let me look. It says 5G summit. Um, it's, um, understand yeah. the dangers of 5G wireless and learn how to implement better solutions in your community. It's called 5G mm-hmm. crisis awareness and accountability. And um, that's, let me get the. Let me see if that's get, the summit. Yeah, let me. Um. And is this going to be available like retroactively? I think um, so. I think that you can watch it. Um, I'm looking to see where the. Um, it's with. Um, I think Josh Desolet is doing the event, and it's called Yeah Five G Crisis Summit, and it's Josh Desolet and. You can sign up for it, and he's with Take Back Your Power. Um, so they have, you're right, 5G Crisis Awareness and Accountability. And the guest speakers um, are quite a few, um, including yeah, Dr. I'm, Martin I'm Paul. Seeing some, right, and, and Magda Havas, who was al- always, um, she was already on our show. Um, she did a great interview. But there's some real um, high-profile people as exactly. presenters. And um, it's like a register for the summit. I'm just looking through here for um, uh, – now, is, is Carla Atherton hosting this, or is she just the one that told you about this? Oh, that could be just somebody who told me. <laughs> okay, sure. yes, yeah, it's healthyfamilyformula.com. Um yeah, but it might be somebody I signed up for. Um, yeah, so she sent she sent this to let you know, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I, I'm sure if someone just um, you know did a search an internet search for mm-hmm. um, 5G crisis awareness and accountability, um, they'll they'll find the the um, the broadcast. It's it's really but, helpful too. I think um, I think there's. Um, I'm not sure all the people, but I think um, Louise Ann um, Gittleman, who I mentioned, she's on there, mm-hmm. and she's the one who talks about the nutrition. She's a nutritionist, and I, I really loved what she had to share um, about the you know salt and baking soda baths, and that can restore your system from the EMFs. And I really love that. I mean, just the idea, you know, and just all the, the protocol, because it's really empowering. So I, I loved what she, she had to share. Um, and everybody has a different kind of focus. Um, so um, one thing I also didn't bring up was the toolkit for Americans for responsible technology. And there, it's online, and it's, I think you can go to 5gcrisis.com, and they will they have the model ordinance, they have a toolkit, what you can do to protect yourself. So there are things. I mean, there are communities where people are really they're going to city council meetings. Um, I'm pretty amazed at the at, at the groups that are doing that, and um, they actually um, in Marin they had that 5G um, conference where 70 people showed up, testifying one after the next, you know, speaking to um, the board of supervisors and saying, no, we don't want this, and you need to stand up to the FCC, because you'll have your town that says, oh, I don't want to be sued. Well, you know what? There are ways to make a, um, a model ordinance where it is protective and says no in residences. And 
you know, so there are towns where city officials are not afraid, and they don't say that the FCC is a formidable opponent. We've that's been a problem where, you know, the cities are very confused because what happened was the FCC overstepped their bounds. They basically leapfrogged over the democratic process. Nobody's talking about that. We didn't elect the FCC, unlike our Congress people, you know, unlike our senators. And they're not there to make the laws. We vote for, you know, members of Congress to make the laws. FCC made a law with their ruling that said that we won't ha- we can't have local control in our town. So people don't realize that the reason these cell towers are popping up is because of the stream 5G streamlining, where basically um, the F- basically that it removed the ability um, for um, local towns to have a shot clock and also. Initially, an environmental review. So basically, they put up something regardless. Well, part of that got reversed, and then there are, um, I believe, Anna Eshoo and Diane Feinstein have a new um, new law that addresses um, the, um, another part because the FCC basically said they're going to have a fixed rate and its profits are all going to go to the telecom. I mean, it's all kind of complicated, but it's basically a, a telecom power grab, and people are unaware. They just go about their business, and they're unaware until it hits. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then you have to deal with it. But well, I, um, I, that was the question I was going to ask you because I didn't think the FCC was elected officials. They're not. They're not the best, elected they're officials. They're not. And they. And did my this. next question is: my next question is, how many employees of the FCC are either former telecom employees or oh. owned by? The wireless companies. Well, let's, you know? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sidetrack that. It's called the revolving door. So the FCC basically is headed by former Verizon CEOs. So And the FCC, really, they were set up to regulate broadband access. So they sell and they auction off broadband access. The EPA was the agency, the alphabet agency, that was supposed to be regulating the health and safety, and they got defunded in, I believe, the 90s. And so we have a problem with the FCC. Okay, the issue with with cell phones and wireless got put on the FCC because that was already a captured agency. That's what Norm Alster from Harvard called it, their captured agency, which means they do industry's bidding. People don't realize, and again, they vote with their dollar because here we have a captured agency, just like we have captured tobacco, just like we have any big industry um, that doesn't, you know, it's basically trying to perpetuate its own profits. So, yeah, it's captured. It's not going to be protecting us. So um, it's basically, instead of the FCC reg- regulating industry, it's basically regulating us. So that's the problem here. So and there is no assurance, again, this stuff is safe. It's not safe for public health. It's not safe for wildlife. And I did want to mention, did I mention about, we mentioned the bees earlier, and we didn't, you yeah. know, so this is, this is um, really critical um, because they're putting them in uh, national parks, and I believe it was Denarii um, National Park, where after, this is under 4G, and I think after a decade, with each new cell tower, you know, from 2G to 3G to 4G, you had more and more wildlife disappearing until it was 90%, like 70 to 90% disappearance of wildlife. So you don't want this 24 7, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, everywhere. Um, and they're hidden too, so think you can't just because you can't see it. So if you're in a city, I don't know how 
you know, your audience, if anyone's in um, Atlanta, if anyone's in Austin, um, if anyone's in, I think, is it Houston, if anyone's in L.A., anyone's in New York City, Atlanta, U.K., um, people in U.K., they, you know, this is impacting people in the U.K. They're big time. Um, so there have, there have been concerns and there have been videos, uh, I mean, people are saying that they, they have problems right away. So these are trial areas where these things have been installed, and sometimes they're installed in manhole covers. Like I, I was in a um, city, California, and um, the I was just walking down the main street, and there's a major, major international city, and I'm like, this is raining like a cell tower. I don't see a cell tower in sight. Well, manhole covers. And so I went with a colleague, and we measured um, you know, a particular bus stop where, you know, people who take buses, and it was like the highest radiation exposure, the second highest in the in the area, and there was one other one that's really high, like they hide them in church steeples, and there was a shopping center with low a low sign, and they put a cell tower there, and it's so low, unlike the traditional macro towers, which are hundreds of feet, this is so low that the people were, like it actually was violating the FCC oh. guidelines. Um, and and then people have been doing is they've been putting little signs. You can, um, so I actually like this um, organization called 5G Awareness, and they're in New, New York. And I, I love, um, I'm not going to say the name of the person who heads it, but uh, and you call her the soccer mom versus, versus the telecom or 5G, and she's a soccer mom, and... You know, and so she's just really on things, and she basically, they show Generations App films. Um, that's another educational tool, and they have them in the libraries, and they have forums, and then they, they're really mobilized. So um, her, a cell tower popped up in front of, in her backyard, and she's got children. So she wasn't involved in the cause until that happened, and now she's like a powerhouse. So um, New York, they've actually... I believe um, they've gotten the, um, the um, some public officials to kind of um, look at the issue, and I believe New Hampshire is going to try to do research on 5G health effects because please know that you're having a technology that's being rolled out before any and commercialized, and there has been no testing. So imagine if you have, like, a, a drug for your children, and it's been rolled out and commercialized, and there have been no safety testing. And the industry's like, well, we just need to do this. We need to streamline this. We're not doing any testing. So, are you going to be buying one? And are you going to be buying one of those 5G phones? So, I mean, do you think? Don't buy a 5G phone. Boycott. Don't buy it. They're thirteen hundred dollars right now. And they are really unsafe because of beam forming technology and because of the millimeter wavelengths. And one thing, I don't know if you have any readers in or audience people in New Jersey, but um, I believe Sprint puts, like, they have cell towers, but you can't see them because they're every 200 feet and they hang on the wires and they're transmitters. And that's Sprint in New Jersey. So different places have different sneaky ways. They're very sneaky. Yeah. (laughs) Well, they have to be. They have to be because as soon as the, you mean, the the sleeping minority, I mean majority, um, if enough people are impacted, um, that's what it's going to take, you know, mm-hmm. public outcry. 
and and you know two percent of the people is all we need to to yeah, really yeah. Um, to get this thing stopped um and it's it, it's just so important well, uh, for, for our future big shout out so one thing people can do is you can join Sarah club. So uh, Sierra Club San Diego did um, do a little opposing, uh, well, they did a little forum to oppose 5G. You can join Sierra Club and, and, and you know, say, we want you to take a position on this. So, um, yeah, so San Diego actually did do a little education on Dr. Martin Paul's work. And um, that was, people can see that online. Um, please know that, um, just a reminder, maybe because I didn't, um, say that the FCC um, I think the guidelines are 23 years old wireless is classified as a 2P carcinogen along with lead um, and diesel fuel and after the NTP it was um, peer reviewed I believe it was Dr. Anthony Miller that said it needs to be upgraded to a class 1 least class 2 and it's it's clear evidence it's not a debate um so, and the other thing, if I didn't mention this, which I may have, which is the millimeter wavelengths, which is Verizon and AT&T, they have, they're the ones that bought the millimeter. So the millimeter um, has, will be, has impact called a resonance effect. So not only does it do heating, it resonates, it vibrates at this because it's a smaller frequency, but the same frequency that impacts insects. So because they cause a vibration in insects, it affects their organs and destroys the insects. And it's similar to an opera singer who ha- hits a high note and shatters a wine glass with its resonance fe- frequency. 5G has the same effect on our DNA. It's a resonance effect. So it's pretty serious. So I would pretty much invite people, please write to your senators. Please write to your city council people. Please make your voice heard. Please look, um, join American for Responsible um, Technology. Find a group near you. Get. Um, I understand that everyone has their own cause. I get it. There's so many causes to join, and everyone's like, okay, well, this, you know, but there's not enough people for this cause, and we need, because um, I know people's plates are full, and they're only drawn to what they're drawn. I get it. It's a hard one, but there needs to be yeah. kind of more people. Yeah. Well, I mean, if when their kid gets sick, then then they'll do something. And it's too bad that it has to go that far. Right. Um, like like you said, the woman in New York, who you know, was until they put the cell tone tower in her backyard that right. she she launched into action. She but, totally um, launched into she totally launched into action. It's incredible what she's done. It's unbelievable. You know, um, I'm I'm just beyond impressed. And I believe she got Rep. Thomas Susie to write a letter to the FCC along with Americans for Responsible Technology, and they're in Port Washington, New York. They're amazing. And they, and so Rep. Thomas Susie wrote a letter asking the FCC to prove it's safe. Also, Blumenthal from Connecticut did. So did Rep. Anna Eshu from the 8th District in California, which is Silicon Valley. So did um, New Jersey Rep. Andy Kim and Rep. Um, Peter DeFazio from Oregon. And you know what? The FCC could not provide any evidence because these are engineering standards. There is no evidence. They actually said, well, they had some kind of generic response. But there's no test. Basically, that's why... Um, Senator Blumenthal said we're flying blind in terms of health and safety. We are. 
And so how do we feel if we're enabling this? So it's at a critical moment where, you know, I think there's a saying, if you don't do democracy, you lose it. Um, right. And, right. yeah, and I was listening, and I wanted to say a shout-out to Anastasia, and I apologize for not doing a shout-out earlier. If I, um, just all the things like the climate change and the burning, you know, and the, and, and the rainforest. And um, thank you for bringing that up, Anastasia. That's just so important. And one of the things people don't mention is that the 5G as a hidden climate change driver and that uh, the, it uses, um, I believe it will be, is projected to use 170 to 190% more energy due to the infrastructure. And then basically there's this idea that smart cities are green cities. It's not the case. It's hidden climate change driver because you need so many more, like 800,000 more antenna, so many more antenna. Um, and if you use a wired connection, I believe I, I believe it's um, tw- wait, 23% more energy used to use 4G than a wired connection. So they say, oh, faster speeds. It's more energy because you're using data center. So there's an there's a, um, article called The Cloud Begins with Coal. It begins with coal. The cloud isn't some kind of magical thing, a cloud in the sky. It's not. It's powered by data centers, and those data centers are powered by coal. And then people are like, oh, well, we're going to have more green technology. It's still powered by coal. Or they're going to say, we're going to have electric cars that's still creating energy. So I believe the Internet equal – the energy expenditure of the Internet um, – in two was it two thousand and seven um equaled the aviation industry, and people don't know that, and then next year it's supposed to equal the aviation industry um and the shipping industry. It's just huge and um so Katie singer um I believe she has electronic silent spring, and she talks about the energy usage along with Kate Keel. And so they they actually say what takes more energy. Um, so let's say running ref- two refrigerators for a year, or streaming Netflix for 52 hours, single user. What do you think uses more energy? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's the Netflix. It's the Netflix, and people yeah. don't know, and they're like, oh God, everything's melting. Well, every time you use your cell phone, it's being it's using coal. And you're using more energy than a high-speed fiber optic connection, D- despite the fact that they say devices are more energy efficient. The, ener- the, the energy efficiency cannot up- outpace the fact that there are more cell phones in the world than people. Yeah, I, w- I was just yeah looking at the at some statistics, and I think there was like 1.2 billion more. Um, mobile device connections than there are people. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's staggering. But uh, I so appreciate, I mean, you are so knowledgeable and you have done so much and you continue to to work and, and be so proactive and lead um, and help to wake people up, educate them. Uh, we're so grateful that you are in the world with us today, Sarah. Thank you. And and I thank you so much for um, coming on the show. And um, there's just a wealth of information that people can do 
to protect themselves, to be proactive and um, keep their communities safe and keep their children healthy. So I thank you so much for being with us tonight. Thank you. It's just an honor to be on your show. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. We're glad to have you. Thanks so much, Sarah. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that is it for us tonight, and uh, we'll be back next week. And until then, make sure you find something to be grateful for every day and show compassion anytime you can. And 5D, now that's where we want to go, not 5G, 5D. Compassion and kindness is the door. So until next week, everyone, take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 